Letter thirty seven of Young Americans Abroad or Vacation in Europe Travels in England, France, Holland, Belgium, Prussia, and Switzerland. Edited by J. O. Tools. Read for LibriVox.org into the public domain. Letter thirty seven Amsterdam. Dear Charlie, in order that we might enjoy an opportunity to hear the great organ at Harlem to advantage, Mr. Folsom advised us to spend a Sabbath day there, which we did, in company with his family. We took the rail to Leyden, ten miles. Here we saw the dunes, or sand-hills, which guard the Dutch coast, and which are from one to four miles in width, and are from thirty to fifty feet high. These immense piles would soon be scattered by the strong winds if they were not regularly sown with reed-grass, the roots of which often spread from twenty to thirty feet, binding the banks, and the decayed vegetation furnishing good soil for potatoes. The existence of Holland and its population is only ensured by perpetual strife maintained against the sea and winds of heaven. We could not look at Leyden and forget that the pilgrim fathers of New England were once exiles at this place. They called it a goodly and pleasant city, and here they spent twelve years, and we looked at the scenery with interest as we thought of their wanderings, and how much preparation was expended in establishing the glorious foundations of our own New England. The city has about forty thousand inhabitants. Its university is still famous, and the hall of the institution is rich in portraits of the great and good. The Museum of Natural History is very large, and is quite curious in Oriental and Egyptian relics. In Japanese curiosities, the Dutch museums are far more affluent than any others of Europe, as they maintain almost exclusive traffic with Japan. The history of Leyden is very interesting. In 1573-4, this town suffered an awful siege from the Spaniards for four months, and lost more than five thousand inhabitants by war and famine. At last the elements conspired in their favor, and an incursion of the sea destroyed the Spaniards and brought succor to the Dutch. Rembrandt, the painter, was born at Leyden in a windmill. By the way, there are literally thousands of windmills in this country, and some of them are very pretty objects. The sails of these mills are immensely large, and I think I saw some that were quite one hundred feet long. Many of the best men of England have studied at Leyden, and if you read the lives of Evelyn and Goldsmith, you will find that they were much attached to this place. Boerhaave, the great physician, was a professor here, and so were Arminius and his rival Gomarus. Gerard Dow, or Du, Van Steen, and Vandervelt, the artists, were born here. Near Leyden the Rhine enters the sea, by the aid of a canal and sluice-gates, and here are great salt-works, carried on by evaporation. From Leyden we took the rail to Harlem, eighteen miles, and we found the road very good, and the first-class cars perfectly luxurious. We noticed on our right the Warmond Catholic Seminary for Popish Priests, and saw the young men in large numbers walking about. The road runs through a sandy tract of country, and much of it is made land. Approaching Harlem, we found the cottages and country houses very numerous and exceedingly pretty, and we were pointed to the castle of the unfortunate Jacqueline, whose history, you know, has been so charmingly written by our friend Mr. T. C. Groton. We made our home at the Golden Lion, and found the place comfortable and very thoroughly Dutch. The landlady is a brisk, bustling body, and speaks English tolerably well. Harlem has about twenty-five thousand inhabitants. On Sunday morning we went to the church of St. Bavon. We found a large congregation, and they sung most heartily. The dominie had a cocked hat hanging up behind him in the pulpit, and he was, beyond doubt, a very eloquent man. 
The great organ, built in 1738, was long deemed the organ of Europe, but is now supposed to be excelled at Freiburg. We heard it during several service times, and in a voluntary. It unquestionably is an instrument of great sweetness as well as power. It has five thousand pipes. The church is lofty, and looks plain enough after what we have seen in Antwerp. Of course we went to see the statue of Coster, who is said to have been the inventor of printing, in 1420-28, to 28, twelve years before Gutenberg made his experiments. The Dutch are strong advocates for their inventor, but I think evidence in favor of metal type lays with the man of Mayence. You may be sure that, when we were so fortunate as to be here early in June, we did not fail to go into the nurseries and gardens, and see the hyacinths, tulips, narcissuses, anemones, ranunculuses, etc. We went to the extensive grounds of Mr. Krellidge, the first florist of Holland, number 146 Kleine Hotweg, and here we were greatly delighted. The tulips were exceedingly fine, and under cover they receive as much attention as if they were babies. The hyacinths surpassed in beauty and variety anything we are accustomed to. I noticed a double blue called Gloria Mundi, Van Speyk, L'Important, same color, Goethe, double yellow, Leclerc, crimson, and Emicus, white, which were particularly beautiful. But we were all, perhaps, most pleased with the extensive beds of anemones and ranunculuses, which rarely do well in our hot climate, and here flourish in a humid atmosphere. Certainly they are the prettiest flowers I ever saw, but they lack perfume. Here we saw them by the thousands. The exquisite color and condition of these large gardens pleased us much. The young gentleman who kindly devoted three hours to us spoke English well, and was very courteous and attentive. I have brought away a catalogue of the flowers, with the prices. The soil of Harlem is everywhere a deep sand, and everything appears to flourish. The vicinage of this place is very pleasant, and we rode for two hours through a noble wood, fringed with sweet villas, and made a visit to the palace built by the great banker, Hope, of Amsterdam, and which was the residence of King Louis Bonaparte. It is now a picture-gallery, and contains some good historical pictures, and many fine small ones, of the best artists of Holland. I think the boys forgot to tell you that, at The Hague, we found the annual exhibition of paintings by the living artists of Holland, just opened, and the treat was very great. It is quite clear that the art is not lost here, and that rare excellence is still to be found among the Dutch painters. We were all delighted with a picture of Charles the Ninth of France, and his surgeon, Ambrose Paré. The time is just before the Bartholomew Massacre, and Catherine is in the room, plotting with her wretched son. Some of the portraits were remarkable productions, and evince a power rarely seen in this department. Some of the interiors of houses and churches were quite in the style of Ostade, Neves, and Gerard Dow. A picture of the Virgin, and Jesus and John, by Sforza, of Amsterdam, received general praise. Of this artist I shall have more to say. The great lake of Harlem, which is thirty miles in circumference, is to be drained, and for several years operations have been in progress to this end. The immense works employed for this purpose are worthy of notice. After leaving Harlem, and taking leave of our kind friend the minister at The Hague, with his amiable family, we again entered the cars, and after riding twelve miles reached Amsterdam. The chief feature on the way was the everlasting windmill, employed here to grind wheat, etc. We went to the Hotel Dolan, and found it all that Mr. Folsom had said. 
This is a great city of two hundred and twenty-five thousand inhabitants. The canals are immense affairs, and the ships and vessels of all sorts give it a very active appearance. All round the city is a wide fossa, and there are four great canals inside, with many minor cuts. Some of these canals are more than one hundred and twenty-five feet wide, and are edged with very fine houses, and the intercourse of the city is kept up by some two hundred and fifty bridges. The city is about eight miles round. Everyone seems actively employed. Yours affectionately, J.O.C. End of letter 37. Read by Sibella Denton. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, please visit LibriVox.org.